following is an exclusive presentation of the Ultimate Hoops Podcast Network. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Quarantine in UH, Episode 2. Joined by guest host Jake Asman once again. And on this episode, we have a special, special guest, one of the all-time greats of UH, my good friend Dan Budix joining us as well over in Long Beach. We got Jake over in Houston. So we're spread across the East Coast, all the way across out to the West Coast. So it's definitely nice to have Dan on. So Dan, thanks for jumping on. Hey, it's great to be here and talk a little about UH. It's a, a wonderful league and it's good to be back. We're not really spread out on the West Coast, though, Anthony. Houston is like the middle of the country. Well, you know, it's it's closer. It's West, it's West Coast us. for us. It's, yeah, it's West. It's West. No, that is true. West. From from where you guys are, it is West. It's it's it, if we want to be very specific, it's actually Southwest. All right, Southwest, another great airline. You know, I, I know you love that airline. Uh, but yeah, the hubs here in Houston, great deals. If you're trying to come to Houston, fly Southwest. Yeah, you know, Southwest is a good one. I haven't haven't flown it yet. I know you're a big fan, but free anyway. plugs. That's another plug for Southwest. There you go. But as we go on now, so let's, let's start with the quarantine. We need, we need the update. So we'll start with Jake, the movie update. Have we watched anything else besides the first 22 movies you watched? Okay, so with the first podcast, I just rambled off the list of everything I had seen up until that point. Now, I don't know. Did I say I watched Pulp Fiction uh, in the last podcast? I don't think Pulp Fiction was in the 22. Okay, so if it wasn't in the 22, that has been added. And then last night, as we sit here and record this on a Thursday, Wednesday night, I watched Dumb and Dumber. So we're just keep on, uh, keeping on with this list here as we add on classic films one day at a time. One day at a time. So now we're up to, what is it, 23, 24 movies completed? Uh, 24 movies completed since the quarantine started, basically. All right, pretty solid. Now, Dan, I know you've been in quarantine yourself. However, these days you're still an essential worker. So you're still working, maybe not as much time as the rest of us. So take, take us through. How has your you know, past three weeks been with your quarantine, you know, going back and forth between work and you know, obviously being home at night? It's different. Um, just less people out and about. It's, it's kind of weird going out every day and going about like working and just kind of trying to keep some sense of normalcy. But What do you do? Uh, yeah. what, to tell people what your job is. <laughs> Um, I work, uh, I work for a wholesale distributor. Uh, we, I do a lot of logistical stuff for them. I manage a lot of logistics and things like that, but we, we're, you know, we send out a lot of, uh, uh, essential products, so to speak, like milk and things like that. So we're the still, oat milk. The, oat milk, the, oat milk. The, the oat milk, the almond milk, whatever <laughs> milk you need alternative we got. Uh, so if anyone out there in ultimate hoops needs alternative milks, please <laughs> not hesitate to call me. Uh, I got you. I understand it's it's tough now with the virus to get these milks, but I I'm an essential worker, so we're gonna get we gonna get those milks out to whoever needs them. Are you, you surprised know? you're still an essential worker at this point? I mean I mean listen, it's I'm fortunate to be working. A lot of people aren't working. A lot of people are out of work. Uh, the yeah, like Anthony are, and I. <laughs> yeah, That's right. The furloughs, are, the furloughs are everywhere, left, right, here, there. Everyone's getting <laughs> furloughed. So it's good to still, you know, to still be working. I'm fortunate in that regard, but um, it's certainly different. I mean, there's no doubt going to work every day. You got to be careful. You got to wash your hands. Um, the masks, the gloves, they're out and about. And you just, it's a part of our life right now. We all have to, we're all adjusting to it. But certainly when I'm home and I'm not working, I'm doing nothing like everyone else is hanging out, watching Netflix, um, 
Listening to the UH Quarantine Podcast. Listening to the UH Quarantine Podcast. Watching old UH games, of course. And uh, just yeah, when is ESPN going to air some old UH classics? On, we're, uh, we're in talks. Yeah, we're, the talks are, are happening. But, talks but, are ongoing. But, you know, it's it's a weird world we're living in now. We're all, we're all trying to deal with this as best we can. So it's, you know, just got to make it through. It's been yeah. a month now, and uh, hopefully the light is at the end of the tunnel, but I don't know. Yeah, like we said in the first episode, you know, we nobody knows when this is going to end. You know, it's just, it's wild right now. We're all dying for something to do. We're, you know, you're fortunately still working, which is great. You know, Jake and I are out of work and trying to, have to keep ourselves busy. So this was one of our ideas. And here we are, episode two already. People demanded more. We're going to give them more. So um, the people loved the first one. Andy. They did. I mean, I, I've done some cool things in my broadcasting career, but let me tell you, first episode of the UH Quarantine Pod, it's right up there. It's right up there on that list. Look, there's a, there's a lot that can go on in this one. So we, uh, aside from the quarantine, the reason we really wanted to have Dan on was to go back to the origins of UH and how this all started. Because this, this starts with, with really with Dan, I think, you know, before anything else. So Dan was first, and then obviously came in, you into the picture, and then me after. So this has come full circle. So um, let's go back to the beginning, Dan, when you first got hired at Lifetime. You know, did you have any clue you were getting into Ultimate Hoops, Lifetime, what was it like? Well, I got to take you back before that because the, sto- the story with Ultimate Hoops and me and I guess all of us, the tie to it, uh, started uh, before that. It started at Crestwood Day Camp. Uh, I worked there uh, under the great Ed Tierney, a former league coordinator and Ultimate Hoops Hall of Famer, 2013 inductee, uh, and deserving Ed's, Ed's one of the great UH minds we've had. I don't but, think he's actually in the Hall of Fame. No, he's in no, our he's Hall of Fame. He, he's in my Hall of Fame. He's in the Dan Budic Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's so. in the Dan Budic UH Hall of Fame. So he's a 2013 inductee. And uh, Ed, Ed said to me that he was you – know, I knew nothing. I knew Lifetime, I, you know, living right over there in East Birchwood. I knew Lifetime was there, but I really didn't know about the basketball league and whatnot. So Ed told me that he, this league was going on, and it was really picking up steam at that time in Syosset. And uh, he basically wanted me to come on and write some articles, interview some players. And the first night I got there, I immediately knew that this was not what I expected. You know, I was thinking rec basketball, guys hanging out, you know, whatever. It's fun. And, and it is all those things. But I did not realize how competitive it is. And I learned my first night at UH just how competitive Ultimate Hoops is. Uh, and I'm going to tell this story. But... Ed told me before I started that there was this guy named Mike Mastro that was dominating the league. And I was just thinking, like, what are you dominating the league? And I, first night I was there, I watched Mike play. He had 25 points, 27 rebounds, and like 13 assists. He's the greatest <laughs> UH player in the history of this rec league across the country. No one has ever done it at a higher level with more rings than Mike Mastro. And it was that first night I saw him play. Kenny, Cor- Kenny Corner played. The great Ken Turner, he played, and, and uh, it, was, it was a great time. And that's how it really started. And I started off uh, working there shortly after that, and the rest is kind of history. You know, you got to give credit to Ed Tierney in, in this podcast because Ed, Ed was kind of a visionary for what the media of Ultimate Hoops has become now, you know, eight years later, right? Because, Dan, you got hired fall of 2012. I got hired in December of 2012. Ed was a big, uh, you know, uh, he was a big pusher of the media. He wanted interviews. He wanted podcasts. We were using, you know, way ahead of Zoom and, you know, Google Hangouts. 
we were on this program called Spreecast doing shows, talking about the league games that night and then doing post-game shows. So the league has, has always had a media element in UHNY, but that really started with, with us, Dan, but Ed was a, a big backer of that and you know, kind of saw the potential for media with Ultimate Hoops. Oh, definitely, yeah. Ed, Ed loved pushing on the interviews and um, you know, we had a blast doing it and it really picked up steam as far as what the media was looking like it, it, in UH. You know, at the time, Alan was just doing the podcast, uh, the pick and roll show baby. And that was pretty much all the media was when, when we came about and all of a sudden, you know, we started doing shows and we started interviewing players and we started having cool Q and A's, Kaepernick's better. I'm sure we'll get into that. A wonderful <laughs> time. A wonderful. And, and Kaepernick was better that year. I don't know that anymore. But he was better that one year. So, um, you know, it's, it's a, lot of, a lot of good times at Ultimate Hoops. The competitive juices were always flowing. Who was uh, the, the league coordinator, coordinator when you first got there? Ed Who Tierney. Was... Ed Tierney was the league coordinator yes. before he became Northeast Regional Director. And then who and replaced then Ed? It was Joe Cardello after him? Joe, Joe Cardello took the, took the reins, and he was in charge then. And, and, uh, and Joe had a tough time at first. You know, the, 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 uh, the players – had built up trust in Ed Tierney. And Joe was an Ed, so there was an adjustment at first from the, for the players adapting to Joe Cardella. Yeah, it's like it, it, the, the way I compare it is like you have this Hall of Fame manager managing a team, and he's no longer managing them. And the new manager comes in, and it's a little different. Things aren't the same, and, you know, guys have to adjust and things like that. And, and that's what it was because Ed was really beloved by the UH uh, players. I mean, Ed was – uh, connected very well to the players. He, and he, he ran was, a tight uh, ship. There was a, it was a no-nonsense league. No-nonsense, and, and Ed really uh, took, uh, took great control. And I think, um, you know, to this day, he's one of the, the most revolutionary uh, league coordinators that Tyasset certainly has had. He's a, he's a great coordinator, and, you know, he became the Northeast Regional uh, Director, and Joe took over, and, uh, you know, UH re- really took off. Ed did a lot for, uh, in that Northeast role. Uh, for UH and Syosset and the club and everything. So it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Definitely was a lot of fun back then. I wasn't a part of it then. So all this is all new to me. You know, I, I came after. So I guess the next part of this really folds into is when kind of when Jake got on board and then that spree cast started, started to happen. That's when the media for this league kind of took off. You know, James Mooney was here at the time and, and Mooney would always talk about, guys, we got to be number one in the ratings. We got to be number one. And he would, he would do everything he could to get you guys to be number one. So take us back to, the days of Mooney, the, the spree casting and doing whatever you guys could to get that RYG score, number one for, uh, for media. Yeah, it was great because it was like we were like in a, like a ratings battle. It felt like, like what we were doing was important because we had like bosses being like, we need more media. And it's like, all right, we'll talk more about rec league players. We'll do it. And I, I love Lifetime because it, the, the league ultimate hoops, the guys treat it as if it is the NBA, which makes it fun, right? Because like Dan and I were like aspiring broadcasters getting an opportunity to basically get broadcaster reps covering a league that wasn't looked at as if we have a malfunction with Asman on the other line. Do we lose him? Is he gone? I don't know. We may have to pull an edit here if this is gone, but We'll continue here until we can hopefully get him back well, on, just, on the recording. Yeah, I was to pick up where Jake uh, left off there. You know, the guys are, are very passionate about the league. And, uh, you know, that's something I saw right when I came in and um, kind of did, continued when Jake was there. And I think he was just talking about for a couple of guys interested in broadcasting and 
kind of getting on the air. It was a great canvas for us to interview players, kind of react in live time to games. I think that's an invaluable experience for young broadcasters is that live interaction with players after the game. And, you know, whether it's rec league or the NBA or whatever level you're on, it's, uh, it's very important to get those. So UH was great in that regard. And it's a lot of fun to be around the guys. You know, they, love, they love playing. They're very competitive about it. And, um, you know, as we saw, Unstuck dominated that league. And they were, you know, one of the best UH teams of all time. And uh, you know, they took it very seriously. They were champions after champions after champions every season. And they're still doing it now. You know, the Open League came into play at the, at the time. Be, this is long before we even had draft leagues. And Unstuck was dominating. You know, they were going season after season after season with Master leading the way. You know, I think at the time it was still, you know, Dave. They still had Clifford. You know, these are some of the, you know, Rallo obviously being ahead of that team as well. I know, I know you were there for all of that and through all those times. So it's come a long way. You know, the, the RYG score, the, you know, being dealing with the media. So with Unstuck being like the, the perennial champion that everyone was trying to knock off at the time. And Mooney was kind of being, he wasn't the coordinator, but he was overseeing kind of the Northeast. You were kind of doing, still there doing, you know, interviews. You were doing a lot of media, driving, you know, everything to the league to, to kind of grow it and, and get it to where it is now. And so take us through kind of what maybe what Cardello brought and then over to what, you know, what, what Mooney wanted as well. Well, I think when James came in, it was really just kind of continuing what we've done. I mean, Mooney kind of came in from the outside. You know, he wasn't necessarily tied to UH, I don't believe. My memory serves me right in any way before he came on as the coordinator. So uh, he just wanted us to continue what we were doing. He had great ideas. And, you know, J James Mooney was a real sports uh, – I'm trying to think of the right term. He was a real – he understood what managing a league – what took to manage a league. And I think that was the biggest thing that James did so well is – you know, I, he's gone on and he's worked in athletic department. He, he's a very good at managing people in, in and around sports. And, and that's one of the things I thought he did a great job managing the league. And, you know, there's some things that happened before he came that kind of got smoothed out when he got there. He knew how to deal with people. He knew how to deal with situations. Um, and that, uh, that he was a great coordinator. I really uh, – his time in UH was – I think he was only there about a year, year and a half maybe. Uh, but he did a great job and um, certainly uh, – for, uh, for everyone moving forward, are big shoes to fill. Mooney really appreciated the media. He appreciated the stuff we were doing, but he also knew, um, knew what the players wanted as well, and he had a good understanding of that. Yeah, Mooney was great. You know, I think, I know, for me, I didn't come on until 2014, and when I got hired, you know, the coordinator at the time was still James Barone. So Barone was, was still leading the way. You guys were kind of in and out, going back to school, and that's kind of how I got into the fold. You know, you remember you telling me, hey, like, this position's open. I took the position to kind of just do the clock and the stats and Mooney was still kind of overseeing as the Northeast guy and uh, Barone let me jump in. I started doing some stats, started doing the clock and then from there it kind of took off. But Mooney was always there, like kind of helping us out, trying to get us to show us the way. And then, you know, I think one of the biggest moments that for us, like in the media portion that like took off was that Shaquille Simmons shot from that one summer. I remember Mooney being there and like telling me film this, film this and like making sure we can get everything together for it. And we still do that now. We tell all of our coordinators, like, make sure you can video as much as you can. You know, content's king. And being able to get that content out was huge. And, you know, that's what, you know, you and, and Jake being able to pretty much push that is what's helped grown the leagues across the country. You know, there are other coordinators that are doing it. But I think you guys did a great job of it. Everyone knows 
you know, both of you as the guys that started the play-by-play, started doing all that. So, so let's get into that, and hopefully we'll get Jay back on. But the UHTV, we, we jump ahead to 2017 now. We, we didn't know what we, were, what we were getting into, but we, we wanted to do play-by-play for the games over the summer. So how much fun did you have being able to do those games over the summer, you know, doing that play-by-play for some of our friends and then, you know, from, from the high school that were playing the Open League in the summer and then also the, you know, the normal guys in the league? That was fun, you know, and, and again, just as a couple of guys trying to get, you know, play-by-play reps over the summer, it was just a great opportunity to get in front of the mic. And I think, you know, Jake will attest to this, the hardest thing about doing play-by-play, or at least for me, was always knowing the guys. In, in any game I was doing was knowing the players. I thought the best part about doing uh, the UH games was I knew all the players. I never study a lot of the names. I knew, you know, four was Mastro. Everyone knew four was Mastro. You know, every, everyone knew. So it was like, you knew the guys. And to me, that made it a lot more fun. I didn't have to worry about that aspect. It gave me an opportunity to work on some other things. So I think uh, just having that knowledge of the players. And, and it was fun. We were right up against the court. You know, we were in the middle there, uh, in the middle area. And we were right on the floor. Sometimes a little too close to the action, as we saw. But we were, we were right on top of the game. And it was certainly a lot of fun. No, it was definitely a lot of fun. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of time that Jake and I spent trying to get UHTV up and running. The amount of tests, the amount of things we went through to buy, you know, off Amazon, back and forth, trying to figure out, oh, how is this going to work? You know, what do we have to do? We would set up table after table after table and and kind of get it to work. And finally, we did it one day. We tested it on Facebook Live over and over. I remember, we were making like makeshift Facebook Live accounts just to get it to work and one day, Jake got it set up. It worked, and, and then we were off and running. It was like May of 2017, and UHTV started. So Jake's ju- able to jump back on now, but we were talking about UHTV. So how much fun did you have, Jake, doing the play-by-play, doing the color with Dan at the time when we, it, we, this was new? We didn't really know how this was going to go, and it kind of took off. Well, let me tell you why I just basically yes. just disappeared. I was drinking a wine glass as we were doing this, and I kid you not, I dropped it right on my computer. So the computer just went out right away, and I thought, "Oh my goodness, that's how I broke my computer during a Wait, quarantine." Wait, you dropped the? You dropped this the glass? I the dropped the glass on right on the computer. <laughs> Did the wine spill all over your computer? All over the computer, my table, my shirt. You'll see is a little soaked here on the Zoom recording. Damn. I thought the computer was done, so I turned it off right away because the screen just like turned into blue. And then I'm like, "Well, maybe it will work." So then I cleaned everything up as I restarted the computer. I come back in, and you guys are discussing UHTV. So I don't know how long I was out for. A few uh, minutes, it's all right. We're good. We're good. You no, know, uh, wine. I I've seen wine destroy computers before. Yeah. So, so you're uh, lucky. You're lucky that you're able to get back back on, back moving, and that's this MacBook Pro is like Cal Rickman Jr. Like you know, it, it, it's always available. It's not the best computer anymore at this late late in the game. It's a 2011 MacBook Pro I got when I was a 10th grader at Syosset High School. But we're making the best of it. It survived the wine incident. I have plenty of wine still to drink. And we're going to talk about, I guess, I tuned in here and we're, we're talking about UHTV. So, uh, yeah, I, listen, UHTV was amazing. Anthony, I, I joined in as you were saying, you know, talking about all the testing. If the technology that is, existed now just a few years ago, it would have made it so much easier for us because we were trying to, like, make things up on the fly, how we were going to go about it testing all these microphones and seeing if the audio would sound clear enough through a loud gym. It took a while, but we finally had something and UHTV was incredible. We were doing so many games every week and it was easy because 
there, there wasn't a whole lot of prep Dan and I had to do as a play-by-play broadcaster because we knew all the guys and like we, we didn't like need to work on memorizing names or you know learning the backstories with a lot of these guys because like we watch all the games and it's ultimate hoops and we, we have an idea of how it's gonna go so that was so much fun summer 2017 was absolutely incredible calling like all these games on Facebook live for UHTV yeah, no, I had so much fun doing it. I know we put a lot of time, we put a lot of effort into it. We did the post-game interviews on Facebook Live. We set up the mount. We did everything we needed to do to make sure that we got, you know, as many people as we could on the games. Remember doing, like, Game of the Week. We had, you know, more times than not, it was unstuck. The days of Copeland when he was still here, that was a huge thing. Um, you know, One we, of my we, favorite interviews with Copeland was when he interviewed me. That's right. Yeah, we, we did a post-game and he interviewed me, and it was funny. I got to pretend like I was Mike Copeland, a, you know, UNC national champion. Yeah, no, we had a lot of fun. I think, you know, a lot of great moments happened while we were on UHTV. I mean, you could go back. I mean, if you go on the Facebook group and just search UHTV, you're going to find all the games um, from that summer. But I think the biggest event from that summer, um, which a lot of people should really watch during this quarantine while you have the time is going you fast forward to August of that of 2017 was a national tournament. You know, when we took UHTV basically over to the national tournament in August, which was cool because they had never done yeah. something like that where they had like a full broadcast of all these games. And, and Dan and I did like every game in that tournament pretty yeah. much with you on the camera. We ran UHTV for that full national tournament. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how much they did prior to that, like in, in Vegas with Luke and Reed. I think they're doing a little bit, but I don't think it was like legit play-by-play with color. It was kind of just like a voiceover. And I think Luke and I are still trying to do that now for this summer moving forward. But like what you guys did and what we did together as a group that summer for 2017 was great. And then to add on to it was, you know, how things worked out. We had, you know, our two teams from Long Island meet in the championship game, the semifinal game, which is arguably one of the best games ever, um, you know, with Westchester being FMV taking on RTG in the, in the semifinal game. So how much best UH game I have ever yeah, watched that, was that semifinal game between RTG yeah. and uh, FMB. Those two teams were incredible. RTG, I think uh, you were watching the game the other day, and you told me, Anthony, well, they're down like 15 nothing at the start. Yeah. Just, it was an incredible comeback. And I'll tell you what, Richie Bird's performance in the 2017 national tournament in New York City was a performance, you know, tournament, tournament from start to finish unlike any we've seen. I mean, it was just incredible watching him play. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to get into. Talk about a little bit about that game. Talk about a lot about the tournament. So, so Dan, what do you remember about 2017 that summer doing the tournament? Obviously, you did an excellent job doing the play-by-play. You guys rotated a lot. But specifically, you know, that game, the RTG game, you know, I, we, we were joking about it, like, I think, yesterday. But, like, when we pulled it up, we were going to talk about it. But they went down 15 nothing, And it was like, we thought the game was over. And then here they come. So, Bring us Here back. they come, and, and I think the, the biggest thing I remember from that game is just the last five, six minutes, shot after shot after shot, we're falling through. Um, that was definitely a great game. I thought that whole tournament was great, just being kind of New York court. So, Hoodie Mellow, of course. Tony yeah. Eccles. Tony Eccles. Tony Eccles, of course. Was, we brought uh, him up twice a, now on this podcast. Tony yeah, Eccles he, is, is a, is I a mean, popular just, guy. It was, it, I mean, it was – the guy is a, is a UH legend. I mean, he's not Mike Mastro, but he's a UH legend. No, no, nobody's Mike Mastro. Come on. No, Eccles was a great player, and he's still playing, you know, and he's – I think he's actually playing overseas right now, but he's been playing pretty much every every major tournament we've had in New York City or Vegas. He's been at pretty much all of them. He's a great player. I think, you know, he, him and actually – and Richie Bird actually go back and forth on Instagram. They're, they've been chatting it up and seeing if they can, you know, join forces for a tournament, you know, in one summer. We'll see if that ever happens, but – that, that summer was a great one. That tournament, that game was awesome. You know, obviously being able to have 2017, to have the first one in New York, a New York team win one of our teams, you know, take that big group photo at the end, 
and that was an awesome event. Now the banner obviously hangs in the gym. So that was a, an awesome moment, I think, for all of us, you know, to be there for that. You know, Alan and all the team at the time put on a really a great tournament. And Clyde Frazier's Leo, a tradition unlike any yeah, other. Yeah, can't forget Clyde Frazier's a tradition, like you said, unlike any other. We we still go there at pretty much every tournament. Um, and hopefully was that the, the, that weekend we were there. That was the the weekend of the McGregor Mayweather. Yeah. Fight. So the back the backstory with the McGregor fight was that if you if you remember, you know the the story goes that you know we we're supposed to have Nafi play in this tournament team, and Nafi went to the fight instead of being there for the for the tournament. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, that's that. right. Happy <laughs> Mashriki, all six foot ten of them, who was supposed to be our big man, was supposed to come and play in that tournament with uh, with RTG. They were supposed to be their big, and he said a few weeks, you know, right before the tournament, after he committed, he was like, "Hey, man, I'm not coming. I'm going to the Vegas. I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to watch the McGregor fight." So a lot of a lot of turns took for that one, but RTG still fought, and they they made it a pretty far way into that tournament, and it was an, an, an amazing game to watch them play in the semifinals in the championship game. So. That was that was a lot of fun, but you know, let, let's move on now to you know more present time, and you know we'll break some news here for after we get out of quarantine. But but Dan's coming back. Everybody yes. doesn't know. I'm back. That's it's right. Happening. You passed back the job interview. Through. I heard it was a very thorough interview process. It was. We were in Leo's house. We discussed. It was interviewing. <laughs> it was all there. But I'm coming back. It's going to be great. I would be back already if it wasn't for COVID. But yeah, we'll get there. We'll get well, there. We'll be back. It'll be that's good big to be news back having Dan back. When was the last time you worked at Lifetime, Dan? Twenty seventeen. That summer. It's been yeah. It's been been a while. It's been a couple of years. So to be back in the UH groove, as I like to say, it'll be great. Yeah, it'll be great. We'll have you back on. You'll be doing some stats. You'll be doing the clock, and then uh, probably some media as well. We'll probably get you in there, and then the dream will be to get the band all together back this this summer if we can have things you know some normalcy back, and we have the tournament. Hopefully, we we'll see, but. If we can get back to New York City this summer and, and hopefully Jake's available and he's able to get home, potentially we could we could have some play-by-play again this summer. Oh, yeah. I'm not missing that. that that's going to be – That'd be uh, great. It's going to be tremendous. We'll, we'll we see. Have to, of course, we have to get to a point where people can actually go to the gym and, and yeah, be within well, six yeah, that, feet of each other. That, that would be nice. That would be a huge purport, you know, thing for it. We definitely need that to happen. Uh, we, we need to get in the gym. Uh, like we said in the first podcast, July 12th is the date for the Summer League to start. Usually, you know, we have the opening of the summer season right around then. The gym probably we need to open up a few weeks before then to kind of get prepped. So we're squeezed for time based off of what's going on in the world right now. But we'll see if we're able to get open in time then if we're going to even have registrations for the tournament this summer. You know, obviously in the world of sports right now, everyone's up in the air of whether the NBA is going to come back, MLB, et cetera. Are they going to have fans, not fans? Are we going to be able to do things like that? You know, that goes for us as well. Like, are we going to be able to get back in the gym anytime soon? So. That's definitely huge. Uh, we need to get back in the gym. So before we go, and I want to, you know, continue this as if we can, but, you know, going back to some big moments with Dan, we brought up some, some funny videos you want to add in the comments. I think the first one we go with is, like Jan mentioned earlier, the Kaepernick video with Larry Muller. So take us back to the interview. It was, you know, Larry Muller's interview, 2013, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 47. Now, what, what a what Super Bowl. You, what a Super Bowl. Take us through that. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Ed Tierney had said to me, let's do some interviews, ask a couple guys about the Super Bowl and football. And, you know, we were in the Super Bowl grooves. So like, just spoke to a couple of players and Larry Muller, great interview, gave an electrifying interview that night. <laughs> and, 
you know, Kaepernick's better, and he was better than Alex Smith. <laughs> and we saw the 49ers go all the way to the Super Bowl and really come very close to winning that Super Bowl. Uh, they, they, they were right down at the goal line. That was there. the blackout and game. That was the blackout game. They're right there on the goal line, the Harbaugh brothers going at it in the Super Bowl. Um, and they, they almost did it. So, the, uh, the Kaepernick interview is one that we all talk about all the time, I think, when we well, really talk it, about it. You know, Larry's Kaepernick's better. It's just, you know, it's. He it was very so, defiant. Yeah. He was, ve- he was very. He was very. He was saying it with such elegance, I think. And <laughs> it, it, was, it was a great interview. And to this day, when I think of Colin Kaepernick, I don't think of kneeling. I don't think of you know, the Afro, I think of Cap, he's better. I think of Larry Muller, La- Kaepernick, Larry Muller. To me, they go hand in hand. I, I, I agree. There were some legendary interviews. The trophy presentation interviews yep. were always great. I yep. mean, we, yes. we made the interview a big part of uh, what Ultimate Hoops is. Well, the way I looked at the trophy presentation was, it was like I was giving away the Lombardi. That's, that's just how you got to approach it. It's they have the like music in the background. It was great. Exactly. A lot of times we would end up giving that trophy to uh to Mike Mastro and, and unstuck Captain Craig Rallo. Yeah, like if I had a dollar for every time I gave that trophy to Mike Mastro, I'd be a multimillionaire. <laughs> <laughs> that's how good that's how good unstuck was. And that's how good, you know, Mike Mastro is the greatest UH player of all time. I think one of the most memorable presentations of the trophy was when Joe Cardello gave out the trophy. It was twenty thirteen. Uh, this is maybe my favorite video of it was, ever. It was the Vets Trophy presentation with Cardello. You know, you're leading the way, doing your thing. It's pretty much at a wrap at this point. And in the last, like, 50 seconds, you know, you're pretty much trying to end it. And then here comes Cardello. He just charges in, grabs the mic right out of your hands. What, do you, what are your thoughts when Cardello just rips the mic out of your hands and just has to butt in with his questions? Uh, well, you know, it's, I just made sure I had to hit smooth transition. You know, and I tried to make it as smooth as a transition as I can. I think I said something along the lines of, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Cardello. That's exactly what you said. Ivory yeah, Bell was the it, person you guys were interviewing. He was Ivory, Ivory Bell, one of the great perimeter shooters in Ultimate Hoops history. I will stand by that for as long as I live. Ivory Bell, multi-talented man. Tremendous Is Ivory singer. Bell still playing? He hasn't played in, Ivory Bell. He hasn't played in a few seasons now. Uh, he did play in the beginning of the draft leagues. Uh, he hasn't played in a while. Coordinator yeah. Jay Harris is on the case to get him back. I, I, here's know. another great name for you, Dan. Have you guys discussed President's Day trivia with Mike Diamond? That was a great one too. President's Day trivia. Great where, UH video. President's great Day UH trivia. Great UH video. Great UH video. And uh, that was a great one. And I had given Mike all the answers uh, going into that, <laughs> just to make sure he got them all. So it was stunning um, that, how we knew all the answers. Too. Yeah, that was a good one too. We used to do it by the lockers back there. Get That's that right. Locker room feel. Uh, yeah, it looked like you were doing the interviews in the locker room, but it was like that back part of the it was gym. The, yeah. it, you it did was so many the interviews back the there. You had the one. Oh, so with, many. I, I love that backdrop. The, 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 the fans' interviews, the pregame ones, the ones with Harley. There are so many great, there's so much great content on that Northeast yeah. Facebook page that we can all go back and look at. And that's kind of where all these videos are going to come from. And we'll, we'll post some of these on the, in the comments. You guys can go back and look at them. But, you know, there are so many good championship, you know, uh, post-game interviews that we did, whether it was just Dan at the time or when we got, you know, all the way up to when Asin was in the fold. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff on there. I think one of the, the coolest stories was, I think it was still UHTV at the time, and Bobby Cable was playing. 
No, so the the cable story is even better than UHTV because it was when we were still we were doing radio broadcasts. We didn't Facebook Live didn't exist yet, so there wasn't a way to like live stream the games. But Dan and I had this program where you could go live with a link to audio. It was called MixLR. We had used this at Ithaca College for like some podcasts we've done, but we brought it to UH and to do some games on the radio. So you couldn't watch the game, but you could listen to the game. And Bobby Cable's playing on Unstuck that summer, and I forget who Unstuck was playing in the finals that year. But it was, you know, typical on Stuck, Mastro, Rallo, Masia, Jordan Oranger. And Cable was, like, always, like, the summer add-on they had. Bobby was playing. And Bobby made, like, an unbelievable play. I think the game was in overtime, too. It was really close in the fourth. And we're doing the play-by-play on radio. And Bobby, I think, had, like, a driving layup and got fouled. And he hurt himself really bad and, like, had to come out of the game. And I think his night was done. So, like, he couldn't put, like, a whole lot of pressure on his leg. Like, he, like, rolled his ankle really bad or something. And, you know – after the game, his his family, I guess, met him at the gym. And, you know, they came up to Bobby and were like, oh, we, we, we came to the gym because we heard you got hurt or something like that. And he's like, how'd you hear I got hurt? And they were like, oh, we were listening to the game on the radio. So they, they were – Bobby's family was listening to the broadcast and found out that he, like, injured himself at the end of the game and then showed up at the gym to see how he was doing or something. Yeah, no, that was that was definitely a different one. I, I didn't know we were on radio at that at that point. I, I thought we were on Facebook Live. Was that actually the case? No, yeah, we it was. A, I think it was the summer before the UHTV. We were using MixLR. It was like it summer was twenty fifteen or sixteen. Oh, so, it, so it might have been a couple. It might have been a yeah. So I think that was summer twenty fifteen. So it might have been a few summers before uh, twenty seventeen. So yeah, I guess remember it was when I I think I have the story right. It was something like that. I just remember his yeah. family coming up to no, us. No, that's like, oh, we were listening right. on the radio. Yeah, no, that's definitely right. I, I don't remember exactly what we were on, but that's definitely the story. I mean, I remember I remember when Bobby got hurt, and I remember, you know, he, even it's, it sucks because he he's such a great player, and he always had a bad injury history. And, you know, every time he comes back in the summer, we, you know, he tries to come back at him and play. And, Tremendous you know, competitor, oh, Tremendous such, he's one of the best, and he's an unstuck legend. He's been in there for, for a while. Every time he comes back, that's the only team he'll play with, the only players that's unstuck. He did play in a few draft leagues, but didn't really go as planned. Um, but you know, Bobby's a great player and that story is always, always a good one. You know, it shows, it just shows you how many people are listening to it and back and forth. I know Nate Margolin would always ask us, Hey, are you guys going to have it? My mom and dad or whoever wants to listen to it. So just, it, it definitely was, it definitely blew up pretty quickly. I'll tell you that. Um, anything else, Jake, you want to bring up that, you know, topic wise with Dan that we may have missed? Well, what did I miss when I spilt wine on my computer <laughs> and got logged out for like, Eight minutes. Well, we we, well, we we were just continuing what you were talking about. We yeah. we didn't go off on anything new. We were just bringing up, you know, the uh, whatever I was talking about, Barone and Mooney. I think at that. Wait, point. All right, so let's do let's do some uh, rapid fire here. That Dan, uh, the, the your favorite UH moment. Uh, my favorite UH moment. Like a game moment in that game. Is anything you think of UH, you think of what? I think of UH, I think of Mike Mastro dominating. <laughs> I think of, I just think of Mastro. I, I really do. I think of Unstuck and just what they were able to do. Oh, here's uh, something we haven't we, talked about. The Unstuck-No Mercy rivalry when we first got there, the very beginning. Yeah. Unstuck sticked, honestly, sticked around, honestly, but No Mercy was right there. Honestly, more so than, than, than Unstuck alone, I think of – uh, those rivalries and, you know, the back and forth, Ming Wong hitting the shot from 40 feet beyond the arc <laughs> and just like pandemonium, at, you know, under 50 seconds to go. And those, I think of those type of moments, those great battles. And, um, you know, uh, there was nothing better than sitting there 
doing the score clock and uh, watching those two guys go at it and watching those teams go at it. So I'd probably more so than unstuck, the unstuck no mercy robbery. It was good you brought that up because that was those were exciting, the most exciting games. Anytime there was it was unstuck no mercy on the docket, uh, you knew we were going to have a fight that that went right down to the wire. All right, Dan, you've been here since the beginning of the beginning, so we'll go over the top players that you've seen. You know, obviously you're going to see players that I haven't or that maybe Jake hasn't. So let's go back to the beginning when you were first got hired. You were working for Ed Tierney at the time. You know, Cardell came in the fold. Some of the best players from then all the way up till now, you know, up to 2017, obviously, before you get rehired back here. But some of the, the best players, Vets League, Open League, whatever you got. Uh, well, as far as uh, the Open League, obviously, we've mentioned Mastro. He's up there as some of the, the, the one of the best players. Copeland, tremendous player when he played in the league a dominating force. Uh, another player who I think was very good, who I enjoyed watching play, he worked in the gym for a while, Ryan Hook, a very good shooter, skilled player. Uh, I enjoyed watching him play. Very short time, though, but Ryan Hook, a good name out there. He was a very, very good player. Um, there's been a ton of players. Veterans League. Jack Gooden, uh, how about? What about Jack, Jack Gooden? Gooden? Yep. Sure, absolutely. For those who don't know, Jack Gooden was Tobias Harris, who played under an alias name in a league one night. He was great. And to, Tobias was great. He, any of the games Tobias came on the floor and was playing, there was there was just such an energy with everyone there, whether it was the fans watching, whether it was us working the games, or whether it was the people in the games. There was always a little extra energy when Jack Gooden took the floor, baby. <laughs> As you would expect that. with an NBA player. Of course. I wish I was around for the times when Tobias would get in the games. Now I just see Tobias over the summer kind of working out, kind of taking up a court and doing his thing. And he's always like, hey, can I get that court? And I'm like, yeah, maybe you can get that court. We'll see how, how, how busy it is when you get in the gym. Can but, I get a million of the 100 and something million dollars you were guaranteed by the Sixers? Yeah. Uh, can I get some of that? No. But he, he's always a good dude. Tobias has been really good You know, when he comes to the gym. He's a nice good guy. Dude. Yep. Really good dude. So we're definitely you know happy to have him in the gym and kind of, watch him do his thing. It's, it's kind of pretty cool to watch an NBA player kind of do an NBA workout, you know? It's awesome. Yeah, he's a great guy. I've had it, you know, Anthony, you know this. I've had a chance to interview him. And uh, we worked that event together a couple of years back. He's great. So, yeah, nothing, nothing, but, uh, nothing but love for Tobias Harris, man. It's cool. It's cool seeing a guy from Long Island be one of the better players in the NBA. For sure. Absolutely. I mean, he's, like I said, he's always there over the summer and he's come a long way from the times that we used to see him when he was younger to now, how much more built up he's been and how, how really of a good player he is. But, you know, getting back to things. You know, another player, didn't mean to cut you off, another player who was really good in the league. I'm just, I'm just thinking back. Carl Gilbo, very good player in the yes. league. Yes. People still try to get him to play, but he doesn't come out Carl, of retirement. Carl was silky smooth on the floor, I'll tell you that. Carl was very good and a tremendous DJ, I've heard. I've never watched him, never heard him, but I've heard Carl is a tremendous DJ, but a great hooper, great basketball player. And, uh, you know, one of the better UH players, certainly I watch in my time uh, being around the league. One of the best UH players I've seen was actually Dan Budick. It was a brief stint, but he did suit up and play for Born Ready one night of a summer season a few years back. I did. I played, uh, what, three or four minutes. It was great. <laughs> I passed the ball a couple times. I didn't take a shot. I don't remember if I took a shot. A couple I screens. I, I have screen. some video of it on my Snapchat. You, you got in the game. Four and ready was short. They had four. They needed a fifth. Their, their fifth was running late. We threw you in the game, and it was one of the most 
electrifying four minutes in basketball yeah, history. It was it was a heck of a time. Uh, my 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 only appearance uh, in an ultimate hoops game. Now we mentioned a lot of open league players. Take us through some of the vets players. The vets league has been around for a long time. It was the open league for still the vets at the time. Then we now have transitioned to doing the draft league with the vets. So things have gotten a little different. Some new faces have come into the league. Um, but you know, I know there's some vets players that you always talk about and have, you know, always, you know, said good, great things about. So some of the vets players you think have been one of the top players in the league. Well, first off, Jay, Jay Harris, great vets league player, a leader on every team he played for. Hey, why isn't he in the hall of fame? Who do we have to speak to to get Jay Harris into the hall of fame? Cause he's a hall of famer in my book. He's a Hall of Famer in a lot of people's books, but apparently... He is a Hall of Famer. You can't tell the story of Ultimate Hoops without Jay Harris. He's got as many rings as anyone. He's, he's been... Yeah. It, it, like, the, the, the National Ultimate Hoops people are like, oh, well, you know, his stats don't compare to some of these other guys. Jay Harris plays in the best league. He's a, he's a good open league player, but Jay yeah. Harris is, like, is the best veterans player in the league over the course of, like, a decade already. Like... The no, guy Jay, is a Hall Jay, of Famer. Jay's been doing it forever. Jay's a Hall of Famer. So I, we got to get Jay Harris in the Hall of Famer. We're, work, we're working on it. He's the Hooligans founder, CEO, GM, uh, player. He does it all. And now he's a league coordinator as well. So he's only adding to his resume. And he's That's you true. Know, one of the best guys you're going to find That's in the gym. True. So He's basically Jerry West. Pretty much. Yeah, he's right. He's pretty much he's pretty much the logo at this point. He's, yeah, he's basically Jerry West. We're going we're gonna to make the UH logo him. Pretty much. He, he is... Up there with when you think of the Mount Rushmore of UH New York players, Jay Harris is in that that four. He's for I, sure. It's hard. It is very hard to argue that. I and it's not. It's not about numbers with the veterans players. It's a different league in the vets league. Like the speed of the game is different. It's a different yeah. league, but it's under the ultimate hoops umbrella. So it, it's not even a debate. Jay Harris belongs in the UH Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what the Hall of Fame. And, and why he's not in yet. And it's because the way the national people, which now includes myself, um, want it to be. And it's, it's they want to go back to the days when none of us were here, 2006, like the very, very beginning, and get those guys in and kind of go in some chronological order, if you will. Now, is that right? I don't know. But that's kind of the way they're going. Well, it's just fine. But, like, Jay Harris at this point, it's been a long time he's been, he's been, he's been running in ultimate hoops. and. Just feels like he deserved. I mean, it took forever to get Mike Mastro in the Hall of Fame. It was like pulling teeth to get him in the Hall of Fame. He's the greatest player in the history of that league. What I love about Mastro is Arizona, Detroit, big game player. Wherever you need, wherever you need, you want to talk about Minnesota, you want to talk about here, you're playing freaking Mars. He's the greatest player to ever do it. You can quote him on that. I mean, look, everyone Great knows player, Mastro's yeah. game, and he's been tremendous. And fortunately, he did get in the Hall of Fame, and he deserves second to be. time, second year on the ballot. He, but yeah. he should have been a yeah, first yeah. ballot Hall of Famer. Shouldn't have even been a, right. a, a debate. It's like so, if you're going to elect players from specific regions, and we all tell you this guy is the greatest player, they should be in the Hall of Fame. It was a disgrace yeah. to humanity that Mike Mastro was not a first ballot Hall of Famer. If we're what all do, telling what, you this guy is, is worthy of being in the Hall of Fame, and we watch him every week then you should put him in the Hall of Fame because people he, in Arizona and Minnesota don't see him every night, but people in New York do, and we know he's a Hall of Famer. All you have to do is pull up his Ultimate Hoops page, and when it shows you what he ranks out of the 9,000 million <laughs> players that have ever even laced up in a game, he's like sixth in rebounds. He's number one it's now. Like, is he, he's one now? Yeah, That's he's number one all time. This guy is. And how many players have played in Ultimate Hoops, have been on that website, thousands of players – 
having to play one game, whatever it is, and he is first in rebounds. That is a tremendous that, – that's one of the great accomplishments. He has one of the highest uh, PPRs in, in UH history. Yeah. He sure he's, does. He's one of the, he has dominated this league. Very few players in any league has dominated the way Mike has dominated. That and he wasn't LeBron a first ballot Hall of Famer. Unbelievable. It wasn't, it, it, it's ridiculous. You know, he, he's definitely up there. He's number one in rebounds, like I said. Um, you know, he's just crossed over 400 games. He's got 408 now. He's approaching top 10. in eight games. Yeah, he's approaching top 10 in points. He's number 13 in points all time. Wow. So he, he's, he's going to get there. I mean, yeah. is, you know. He's going to get there. I believe you told me he's taking some time off, to, right? He's taking, he hasn't well, played in a little bit. Now everyone's taking time off. Now everyone's oh, taking right, right, right. Yes. But before, but before, before yes. COVID, you, yes. Before COVID. Hit, before yeah. COVID-19 hit, he was going to plan to take off some time because of a knee injury. So he was going to maybe take a season off, kind of rest up, and then get ready for the highly competitive summer season, as you know. But um, now with the time off, I mean, whenever we do get back, he's going to be out there ready to go. And the Garden City League, which you'll see when you do get back, it's as competitive as it's ever been. The draft league is through the roof. Right? I heard. I, I can't wait to see the gardens. I haven't been to the Garden City Lifetime yet, period. You will. I mean, you're going to use it a lot now that it's pretty close to you. But, like, that league is competitive, as it, like I said, as it's ever been. The Division One, Two, Three, the guys that are playing that league are, are excellent. So I, I, I'm looking forward to you being obviously getting back and seeing it. But, you know, it, it's going to be a lot of fun to get him back in the league, you know, with, with a healthy knee. Hopefully, Richie's here. You know, you haven't seen much of Dante Howell play, who's going to be in the I've conversation. I've never watched him play. He's tremendous. You know, you still have Chris Frey. You have Chris Bishota. You know, the, new, the, the overall standpoint of Long Island basketball right now, for ultimate hoops purposes, is through the roof. Um, you know, the talent pool is as deep as it's, it's ever been. It's deep, deep as it's ever been. You can't – no question about it. It's, it's through the roof of talent. It's I'm excited, Leah. You're getting me pumped. I wish I could get to the gym now. I mean, all of us wish we could get in the gym now. You know, that's, that's what we look forward to. These guys want to compete, you know, like we talked about in the very beginning of it. You know, we treat this like this is the NBA for, you know, and guys want to play hard. They want to compete and get out there every single week. But you know what the thing is, I'll say, Will there too, be a trophy for the summer league? Will there be a trophy? Will it be ready? Will it be there? Will it, will it be ready? For the Mario O'Brien UH trophy. For the, for the summer league, yeah. When we get the summer season gone, we'll get a trophy. The, the, the question now be is – With everything going on, it's got to be a heck of a trophy. It's got to say, like, you know – it's got it's got to be a heck of a trophy. We'll, we'll see if we can get something. You know, these days we've been handing out banners. We haven't really done a lot of trophy stuff, but people like a trophy. So I think when we get back, we gotta we gotta blow it up. We gotta do big something big for our, our big return thing for the return. The return oh, from COVID. It's happening. It's happening soon enough. I hope. I mean, if we can get back to some normalcy. Um, Jake, I cut you off. What were you gonna say? I don't even remember the point I was going to make. I was just trying to think about it. And then I started thinking about the trophy, the Dan brought up, And I go, yeah, that's actually a good idea. We haven't given out trophies a lot in UH. It's been the, it's, we've made the shift to all the banners. Yeah, we've done the, the banners. But with the, the, under the circumstances, this summer season, when we get there, when, we un, when it happens, when we're back in the UH groove, we got to have a heck of a trophy. Well, well I thought of what I was going to say. So you were you you were talking about how we you know we made the joke oh it's like it's like the NBA with how serious people take it that's a testament to the players if you and because if you think about it like this right we do all this media stuff you Leo as the uh, you know coordinator was always writing articles and that's part of the requirement for the job you got to do power rankings and previews and post game interviews but the players take it seriously and love to consume the content which makes it more fun to to be a part of the league because everyone's invested in it which is what you want. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Everyone's always invested in it. You know, some guys are 
more invested than others. That's for sure. There are some guys who, you know, are just looking to get some pickup in and, and run, but a garden city is to the point where everyone's fully invested. It's, it's like a show that's every right. two, every Tuesday night, you know, the, right. the teams in the draft league is taking it a long way and the co-captains and the situation that, that they've built, you know, and that's pretty much, you know, we're, I would say this, we're a player's league, you know, the guys wanted to play with, you know, a draft league and have co-captains. And that's what we went to. And, you know, you have some, some really good pairs, you know, you know, you guys, yeah, Dan, you were around for when Carlos played, and now you have Carlos with Dante on one team, and they haven't lost in two seasons. They're like twenty and something and up. I'm, I'm ready, baby. Carlos so, is get it back. Yeah, Carlos is is one of the best players in the league. You know, he doesn't have to score to make an impact. He's just with his height, his ability to you know play, make, do things with the, with the ball. He's just one of the best. So you know, yeah, you have Pashota coming off his back injury. He'll be back. So this time off is going to help let everyone rest up. We're all going to be back out there, and you know, we'll we have Dan will be there in person. Jake will be on in Houston still, and we'll be able to do maybe continue this podcast with or without it. We'll see how things go in the next few weeks, few few months here, if we ever get back to any normalcy. But we will. We'll, we're we'll, all missing. We're getting there. Yeah, this we'll this get was there. fun. We we got to do this again. We'll we'll definitely get back on soon enough. Hopefully, like I said, in the next month, two months, we have a better idea of if the gym is going to open, and then once we're open, we can uh, we can really have some fun and really get yeah, back on the court. So. Any last tidbits you want to add, uh, Jake, before we go? Uh, just another episode of the books, Anthony. I hope everyone's staying safe, enjoying the quarantine, you know, making the best of it, and we'll be back sooner rather than later. And uh, I look forward to that day when UH is back in action because that's going to be, you know, one great day whenever that day comes soon, hopefully. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be hopefully sooner than later. And uh, when we get back out there, we'll, uh, we'll see how things go. For now, uh, tune in for episode three, hopefully soon. For now, it's been me, Jake Asman, Dan Budick, and you guys, and we'll see you guys later.